Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. We are so excited to be back after our break. My name's AJ and I'll be your host. For this season, we've decided to change things up a little bit. Dot's daughter, Kara, will be joining the conversation as they discuss biblical truths. I think you'll catch on quick that their discussions are full of truth, wisdom, questions. Maybe at the end of it, you'll even feel like you're a part of the family. Hey, everybody. I'm very excited to be back on the podcast. I hope you had a wonderful vacation holiday, and I want you to grab your Bible, your pencil, your journal, whatever you need, cup of coffee, and I want you to write this down. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Dot is starting a three-week series on spiritual warfare and how we can walk in the victory that we already have. Dot discusses Satan's main strategy is to pull us away from the goodness of God, and we have to recognize that we are in a battle. Today, I've got a special guest with me, Kara. She is my daughter, and often we get together and we talk about Scripture. We read the Bible through every year together. I think I might have shared this once or twice last time on the podcast. I'm excited to yeah, be doing this with you. We do this naturally, at least every other day, talking about what did this mean or what did you get out of this or whatever it may be. You know, Jesus talked about Satan all the time. He actually talked to Satan. Yeah. And then we get into First Peter, and it says, be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around. And when you think about a roaring lion, you know, that's something that's like wanting to destroy us. Yeah. So welcome back, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just jump right on in to, to the enemy. But, you know, it, he is a real being. He has a real plan. And his whole desire is to destroy God's children and he wants to destroy God's plan. I used to think Satan hated me. Well, I think he kind of hates me, but if he hates me, it's only when I reflect the glory of God. Hmm. Really, I don't think he's fighting us as much as he's fighting God. Hmm. That's a good point. And, you know, if you think about this, think about this. If you wanted to really hurt someone, wouldn't you go after what they love the most? Satan wants to uh, hurt God. And if it means hurting us along the way, it doesn't matter. We're just a means to an end. And so as we think about uh, spiritual warfare and knowing that we're in this battle, we have to understand what are we fighting? Where does Satan get in in our lives? Where does the enemy enter into our lives? I really like that perspective. I mean, I don't usually take it personal when I feel like the enemy is after me, but I do love the Lord. So if I thought, oh, you're trying to get to him through me, you know, I don't know. It's something in me wells up a like defense, like for Mm -hmm. the Lord, you know, like it kind of makes me want to fight even Mm -hmm. more. But even just thinking, yeah, that he's not after us. He's after he wants to get to God. It would hurt him if he got me, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it It hurts him because he loves you. Right. And so if he can destroy your life, that hurts God. He can't hurt God. You know, God is so much stronger and bigger. Uh, He's never been able to hurt God. God is always a step ahead of him. 
Right. He is sovereign. And, you know, um, Satan is powerful, but he's not omnipotent. Right. It's crazy. I don't know. It makes me feel even more loved by God, I guess. Like mm-hmm. the fact that like, that's what hurts him the most. Like that's his jugular <laughs> that Satan tries to hit is me. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes me feel like valued. Yeah. And, and seen. Uh-huh. God sees you and he sees, he knows what's happening in our lives. So he wants to step in. It's just like when Adam and Eve sinned, going back to three, Genesis three, uh, as soon as they sinned, God knew exactly where they were. Mm-hmm. And so he said to Adam and Eve, where are you? And they said, well, we were hiding, but God knew exactly where they were because he's God, but he wanted Adam and Eve to know where they were. And he wanted them to know what had happened. And he said, I'm naked. That's what Adam said. And God said, who told you that? He's not going to let Adam be deceived in thinking that he was afraid because he was naked. He was afraid because he knew he had sinned and he had lied and he disobeyed God. And he was lying to God that moment. He said, I was naked and so I was afraid. And God was like, who told you that? But was he lying? I mean, that's what he thought, though. Yeah, but it says that when Adam and Eve heard the sound of God, they became afraid. Adam said, I'm afraid because I'm naked. Oh, no, I'm afraid to because tell you uh-huh. I'm, you know, I sinned or whatever. Which is yeah. an, an, a huge point right there is that when Satan wants to deceive us, he wants to deceive us in our relationship with God. And what happens often is that Satan wants us to think that it's other things. When really, as David says, when I sinned, I sinned against God. And so what Satan wanted to do from the very beginning and what he continues to do, and that's where the spiritual warfare is, is to come between God and his children. The traits and personalities of Satan is he's crafty, he's a tempter, he's emotional, believe it or not, because he's jealous. He just has so much hate and anger. And as Satan begins to want to destroy God and be God, he begins to create in us those feelings and stuff that is directed toward anything other than God, because he wants us to be deceived or thinking that we're really angry with these other things. But sometimes we have to get to the bottom of it and say, you know what, I'm just angry with God. That was a mm-hmm. huge thing in my life. I think I've told you when my dad died and I prayed and asked God to heal my dad and God, you know, said, OK, I'll heal him, but I'm going to take him home. I'm going to take him to heaven. But that wasn't what I was wanting him to do. I was wanting him to go home to Chattanooga. And over the years, I kept stopping it. And when God began to show me that I was angry at him, then I knew that Satan had deceived me in thinking that God did not love me. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, again, going back to Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole, it's like the Satan's main, um, yeah, goal is just to deceive and pull away our focus on the goodness of God. And so if he can get us to even be mad at him, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily wrong to be mad at God until it sinks in, you know, like that moment, you're not going to, you're not going to be happy that he took your dad home, but not letting that anger like fester and sit Mm -hmm. and acknowledging it immediately and saying, I'm mad that you healed him in heaven. I wish that you had healed him here, Mm -hmm. but Well, I think Jesus expresses that in Gethsemane Mm -hmm. because he was saying, not my will, but your will be done. So I don't think Jesus was mad at God. 
but it was a struggle between the will. And what mm-hmm. happened was when I did not embrace the will of God, then I became angry and I became mad. When we don't embrace the will of God, when we don't truly believe in his goodness, mm-hmm. we don't trust him. Trust. Yeah. Right. We don't trust in his goodness. Mm-hmm. We don't trust that because it doesn't feel good a lot of times. No, it doesn't. And I tell you this, when we're fighting these battles, it's, it does affect our emotions. Mm-hmm. It does affect our physical part, but it is a spiritual issue. And so these couple of weeks of what we want to do is that we want to deal with how do we fight this battle that we know that we're in, these wars that we're in. I see so many Christians so deceived and so tired and so weary of trying to fight their own battles. I know, too, there was such a lie that I believed that it was up to me to win those battles. It was up to me to do well. It was up to me to make things work out best for me. And if it wasn't, then it was something I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I love the truth where God says these things that you're fighting, this is a spiritual warfare. And um, well, what's helpful is that verse, we're not fighting flesh and blood, because even if it's a heartbreak or a friend disagreement or whatever it may be, just sometimes as reminders, it helps me extend grace mm-hmm. and thinking like, okay, like I'm not fighting this friend. This friend is not the problem or this person is not the problem mm-hmm. or the problem is not the problem. It's the enemy trying to get my focus off of mm-hmm. who God is. is the enemy is trying to get into my emotions so that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, depressed or feel helpless or hopeless yeah. and just remembering like, okay, I'm not fighting what I can see. Yeah. And you know, people are a problem. Yes. Circumstances are a problem, but they're just not the main problem. Right. That's not what you're fighting. Yeah. And that's just not what you may be fighting right. some of those people, but it's again, like you're saying, God wants us to look past that. And that's what we were talking about at the very beginning. And the fact that we're not in this battle, this war that we're in is a spiritual warfare, but we are having to face life. And how do we face this life if we don't know what's really going on and that he is a deceiver and that we have decided that we can fight our own battles because if we do certain things, if we just do things that we feel like all these 10 steps, then life's going to be great. I believe there are some things that we can know based on scripture that God says, I want you to saddle up. I want you to put on the full armor of God. And that's in Ephesians 6. I do want to say this. So many people, and you may be one of them, we're trying to win the battle of victory. We want to walk in victory. And what I have found over the years is that we don't have to go and seek out victory. We have to actually claim the victory that Christ has already given us. And because we have become victorious because of Jesus, we face these battles from that position. And once we seek and and begin to establish that we do not have to prove anything, that we have already been victorious because of Jesus, then we start out in our spiritual walk, walking in that victory. And so these things that God has shown us as our weapons, those are the weapons that we use to claim our victory. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, even if you look at, I was thinking while you're talking, looking at Jesus's life, Mm -hmm. if we were to go based off of 
his life circumstances, he, his life did not work out well for him. Humanly speaking. That's Humanly right. speaking. Yeah. Like he was betrayed by his closest mm-hmm. person. He didn't have a ton of friends. It's just interesting. Like thinking of that again, another deception of the enemy trying to get us to seek goodness mm-hmm. when in reality, the goodness is in who God is. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus, like, if you look at Jesus's life, circumstantially, his life did not turn out well, mm-hmm. but he obviously is the most victorious person who who's mm-hmm. ever walked the face of the earth. And if you look at his life through spiritual eyes, that you would see that you would see that victory. I think it is so interesting when you're talking about Jesus walk around having his disciples and, you know, people that were with him and his friends that he talked directly to Satan and the people around him, like, who's he talking to? Like, who is this man that demons had to be under his control? And I find it very interesting. It is only the demons that called him the son of God. The demons are very much aware of God's power. And he's very much aware that they are underneath the control of God. That's the whole thing about Job. Satan came in and started talking to God. And it was God who said, hey, have you ever considered my servant Job? So the whole time it looks like God is totally out of control, that he has no control, that Satan is controlling all of Job's life. But we see from the very beginning that it was God that brought it up. Mm-hmm. And it says that God uses all things. It is a hard thing. We're not going to talk about the sovereignty of God, but that is part of how the spiritual battle that we're in is underneath the umbrella between God knowing that he is in control, but we're still in this world mm-hmm. and we're still having to deal with the things of this world. Jesus called Satan a liar. He said, you are the father of the liars. In other words, there is nothing good in Satan. He is permanently, completely evil. And when he fell at the very beginning of the world, before the world actually was even in creation, a lot of people believe that Satan fell before creation. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, the second day, he never says on the second day that it was good. He said the first day was good and therefore after the six. On the second day, God does not say, and it was good. And there are a lot of Bible scholars believe that that's when Satan fell and that God created the heavens and the earth and said in his plan to create an environment that the son of God would come and that he would be the redeemer of what Satan had already done. So you're saying, so he created, what did he create on the first day? Well, he started from the very beginning, creating the heavens and the earth. But just go back and look at Genesis 1, and you will see, I want you to see it for yourself, that after the second day, God does not say that it was good. And so many Bible scholars believe that that was the time, the moment where Satan failed. The angels had already been created, and it was at that time that uh, Satan, Lucifer, was beginning to get prideful, and he wanted to be God. That's interesting. I'd never have heard that. I don't want to say theory, but I've never heard that thought before. Yeah, and, and you know, we don't really know. Right, right. But, but it's interesting to think of that God created the earth before Satan even fell, knowing that he would fall and knowing that Jesus would come thousands of years later. It reminds me of the truth of the matter is God does go before and provides the provision before the problem even arises. Mm-hmm. Like he created the water before the fish. Right. He created land before the animals, before right. people. And it's 
really reflects the heart of God, Mm -hmm. that God loves us and that He provides everything for us. God is always saying to His children, I'm enough and I will provide all that you need. And that's the heart of God. And that's exactly what the enemy does not want us to believe. I mean, that was, again, Genesis 3. But that was the whole, like, God isn't good. He's not going to provide. He's not. He's holding out. He is. He isn't good. And that thought drives us to want to be our own God. And that's exactly what Satan wanted. Or maybe not even want to, to, but it's just to try to be. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be my own God, but I do. I try to be. because. But if you don't feel like God is good if you don't feel like he will provide, if you don't feel like he can be trusted. You may not want to be your own God, but that will create in you a desire to try to make life work out for you, to try to be your own God. Mm -hmm. And so that is exactly the intent of Genesis 3. As we said, why do I always go back to that? It's because when I began to see myself trying to make my world heaven and trying to make things work out the way that I want it to work out, then I always go back and think that was exactly what Satan was tempting Adam and Eve. And I need to look back and I need to think and I need to reflect, where's the enemy in this? Am I being tempted to do the same thing? As we begin to look at that, we realize we're in a battle. Well, and I think to see the honesty, like sometimes our head can get in the way of our heart mm-hmm. and be like, oh, do you believe God's good? Like, oh, yeah, of course I do. But am I truly living out of that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going back to that question you've said in Genesis 3, God saying, where are you? I mean, he wanted Adam to be honest with him. Like, right. OK, where are you? Like, are you actually believing that I'm good? Because if not, that's where, you know, that spiritual warfare mm-hmm. is going to come in. And, and, you know, we often put all of our forces and all of our weapons on things and in places where that's not where the enemies come in. We're going to talk about how does the enemy defeat us and where does he come in to come between our relationship with God. And that's the bottom line. Well, and I think too, I know a question I've asked is like, okay, I know in my head I had victory, but what does that actually mean mm-hmm. in like day-to-day life when I'm fighting doubt, insecurities, or just fighting yeah. <laughs> life like what does that actually mean because mm-hmm. you hear it so much yeah and we'll talk about that I hope you wrote some of that down for more content from Dot head to dotbowen.com this podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you thanks for listening we look forward to being with you again next week <laughs>